Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Welcome everyone to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I have a very special guest here with me today and her name is Kat Lau. I met Kat when I did my yoga teacher training, which was January 2019 in Sri Lanka. And we really connected, obviously everybody who was on the training, everybody was there, similar people, like-minded, but Kat was one of the people that I really connected with over the four weeks that we did our training. And she is a energy healer and her core offering is that she holds space for women who are going through their own emotional healing journeys. And she does this with Reiki, with coaching and with yoga. So not too dissimilar to myself, which is probably why we connected so well. But she's here today to talk a little bit about demystifying this energy, this woo-woo, this this Reiki that we hear about and maybe bringing it home a little bit and her key message is well, the key work she does with her clients is really helping them understand how they can become their own healer or how you can become your own healer as you listen to this podcast today. So welcome cats. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. And you know, it's so beautiful to hear you explain all of that so holistically. I don't feel, I feel like I'm not as eloquent as you when I'm describing myself, but um, yeah, Anna, I remember when we were in Sri Lanka together, riding on a tuk-tuk to the <laughs> beach, about to go for a surf, and you telling me about this podcast. And I can't believe it seems like a world away. But yes, thank you for that introduction and for having me. It's absolutely a pleasure. And we've, we always have a little bit of a chat before we press record. And I'm really interested in some of the things that you have to share today. But before we go into everything, why don't you just begin by telling everyone a little bit more about you and, and your story, like how you got to this place on this podcast today? Okay, perfect. So I think my story has to begin with the family that I grew up in. I'm Thai and I grew up in Thailand. My grandfather is a shaman and my mother is an intuitive. But, you know, going to visit my grandpa when I was younger wasn't your typical visit to see the grandparents. It was more like, oh, what's he going to say today? What's he going to see? What's he going to tell me? So I kind of became very addicted to that. I really loved kind of the the magical world and the unknown and almost having an edge or a leg up on things because I kind of knew what was going to happen. So my grandpa kind of predicted the boys I would meet, you know, that was kind of my favorite topic when I was younger, (laughs) the relationships I would get into. He predicted that I would end up working in Paris at Michelin star restaurants and that I would one day be seen wearing white, all white, helping people heal, which completely was not in my, (laughs) in my mind at all. At that point, I was just thinking about the boys. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I kind of had that upbringing. I I knew 
what energies were, I knew what spirits were, and I think it's also so ingrained in Thai culture growing up here. So there was nothing strange at all about that. And even my friends today, we we talk about things very lightly when it comes to spirits. And, you know, I felt this today or I, I saw this today. So it's very much in me to believe in that energetic world. Again, I, I, I was sharing that my grandpa had this way of seeing the future or or kind of predicting what was going to happen. And I always was listening to his words to guide me through each chapter of my life until I realized that that didn't help prevent any of the pain that I was going through. That didn't give me any tools to deal with any of the things I had to deal with. I went through a lot of heartbreak. You know, working in Michelin star restaurants in Paris meant that I had a knife held to my neck. You know, and uh, none of this was predicted, of course. Um, but then I realized that that wasn't helpful, really. It was fun. It was really exciting and fun, but that wasn't helpful for my own growth. And I didn't realize this at all until I was on the floor crying. And we all have those moments where we're on the floor crying, you know, <laughs> ugly crying, not really sure what to do next. And of course, I found yoga first. I feel like that's always people's, you know, first entryway into being spiritual or getting into the spiritual world. So yoga was always my answer when I went through a heartbreak or I was having difficult moments because it was a way for me to come back to myself, to just reconnect and breathe and forget about the whole world for an hour. The journey kind of developed from there. I started taking yoga very seriously three to four years ago when I had the biggest heartbreak of my life. And I just promised myself, like, you're never going to feel this way again, Kat. You're, you're not going to let yourself fall this hard again. So I kind of made a list of things that I was going to say no to and things that I was open to receive. And of course, I was already very spiritual. I knew that I was working with the universe and, and that the universe was supportive of me. So I I'm said very no. curious what was on that list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, let's start with what I said yes to. Maybe yeah. that, you know, I was calling in partners that um, had a very specific, I, I, I kind of wrote, a list of a hundred things that I wanted in a partner. And it sounds silly, but I did it anyway. And it's all the things that I wouldn't even sacrifice. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't compromise anything for. And I listed all those things out. It was a partner who could relate with me spiritually, you know, who surfed, who played tennis, who, uh, it was very specific. That was one of the lists I made. It came true, by the way. <laughs> um, of course it did. Uh, yeah, because the universe is so supportive. I made a list of, I wanted to be able to have a platform during this lifetime to help people of some sort. And at that time, I really wanted to help Thailand. I wanted to come back to helping people from my country and that came creatively through organic farming. And I started working for a beautiful organic brand. And I was able to just shine in, in that world 
and bring attention to the suffering that farmers go through, you know, and that slowly evolved to conscious living because when you start to worry about the people, you start to worry about what we're putting into the earth, it just builds this conscious lifestyle naturally. And that just slowly evolved. And this was a few years before I met you. That slowly evolved into my own, you know, conscious living. And if I was making sure if I was doing everything in my life consciously, not only eating organically, knowing where my money goes, but also everything that I was doing. So yeah, that kind of slowly got me onto this journey. You, you're a Reiki master now, aren't you? Um, mm-hmm. So how did you then transition from the yoga, the sustainability, the conscious living into this, even though actually all those practices are healing practices, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily in the healing box. And I'm, I'm doing air quotes as I say that. So what happened next that transitioned you more down this healing path? Mm. So I think with all healing modalities, they kind of show up when you're ready, you know, and it started with my first Reiki session who I did with my Reiki teacher. And that session was just mind blowing. I mean, I, it was four hours long because I just had so much to unpack. I cried like there was no tomorrow emotions left my body. Like, I mean, this was completely the unseen world. Even if I felt like I was connected to myself, I didn't know there was still so much in me to come out. There was also, you know, her style was more past life stuff. And and she was sharing with me all about that. And that night I went to sleep like I had died. Like I I just didn't know what was happening in the world. I I just went to rest, you know, full rest. And I think that was the first time I felt inner peace, complete inner peace. And to break down a little bit, maybe for someone who's listening to this podcast and going, I've heard this Reiki word before, but what actually is it? How would you describe it? Okay. So I, I, I was telling you earlier that there's kind of two ways I see Reiki. There's Reiki, the system, which Rei means universal and Ki means life force, right? And Ki can translate to Chi, can translate to Chitrana, which means life force energy. And if you think about it, we have our organs, we have our breath, we have kind of our spirit or whatever. The life force is the energy that gets us moving. And there's a, there's an example that I use when I teach Reiki is that, you know, if if you have your heart broken and you're just completely depressed in your house, eating leftover pizza, you know, you're feeling lethargic and you're not feeling very energetic. But that moment that boy or girl calls you, all this life is going to come into you and you're going to all of a sudden feel energetic. And that is kind of life force just coming into you because your heart in that moment opens up to receive energy. So you are full of it. And what we do in Reiki is we balance out the energy channels, which are the chakras. And of course, we live through our lives not knowing if we are blocked or not, if we're too open, you know, outpouring the source of energy. So Reiki is a way to really tap into these energy centers and do a little checkup almost along the whole body. And it 
it's a transformative yet a very soft medicine. And so you went to sleep at night after having your first four hour (laughs) Reiki session, feeling completely at peace. And I think that's one of the things people can experience after Reiki. I think different people experience it in different ways, but almost everyone says that they feel good and they feel relaxed after receiving it. So what happened next? So then I promised myself, I think it was two days after that I would learn this and that I was going to share this because I didn't think at all at that point that I was going to become a Reiki master or a teacher. I just wanted to understand what this was, right? At that time, I just wanted to understand what this was. I wanted it because I wanted my life to be full and full of life and love in that way, always. So that was when I started going on this journey. And I learned quite quickly because I think it's just part of my DNA to be quite intuitive and to have all of this. So I had some background on energy. So what I was learning wasn't completely new. The system was new. So that's one of the things I was talking to you about is Reiki is a system. It's almost 150 years old and it was created by um, this Japanese professor, Mikao Usui, who created this method of handing down um, this teaching of hands-on healing. So that's kind of Reiki as a system. As of course, when you learn something for the first time, you kind of stick to systems and you stick to the method of how you've learned something. And I have a story to share about the first time I questioned the system, which was when I went on a 10-day meditation retreat. It was a silent retreat. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that it would be a time for me to really connect with myself, to just have this lovely time to be in my mind and eat vegan food and, you know, but it it turned out to be a very challenging time because they were challenging my beliefs. Kind of the first thing you do when you get there, they ask you, are you a healer? Do you practice Reiki or um, hypnotherapy? And I was honest and I said, yes. Um, And the second day I got called in to one of the teachers who was facilitating and she said, you know, you can't do this while you're here. It messes and it's incompatible with the way we teach. And I just, I went numb, Anna, because that was the first time on this spiritual journey that I felt that I was doing something wrong. And I felt guilty you know, I was in kind of their world, their surrounding. I couldn't leave this place. You know, um, I had no one else to talk to. I just had her as a point of reference. And in my mind, I was just, I was just asking myself and thinking, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing to people? What am I teaching people? What is Reiki at the end? And that was 10 days of questioning myself and the system that I've learned. It was hard. It was Mm. really hard you can imagine. The funny thing is the day after I was planning on going to offer Reiki at Annie's and Aaron's yin yoga training, I was going to offer Reiki every day to yoga teachers. And the facilitator at this retreat said, you know, oh, you, 
you better not. You better, you know, stick to the teachings that we've taught you because then our teachings would have gone to waste. And, you know, once I left that place, I just started crying. I, I, I couldn't even control the emotions that were in me because I just needed to flush all of that conditioning out, all that programming that I had spent years unprogramming came back to test me in such a short time. And when I joined Annie and Aaron, <laughs> I love them because I can be so raw with them. And I just said, I, I joined a cult. Like that was a, <laughs> that was a cult. <laughs> and so I mean, just I to interject here is we, we had Annie on the show previously. She's um, our, both Kat and myself, she's our yin yoga teacher. We've both done our yin yoga training with her and she 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 also admits to pretend she have joined in, have joined a cult in the past. So if there was anyone who would probably understand, it is her. It was perfect timing because they they were like, "Okay, can't tell us what happened," you know. And it was the perfect kind of cushion to fall on. But I've talked to many of my mentors and healers, and you know, there's always kind of a cult test or like a a phase because it's kind of a test for us to see if we're really in our worth or if we really, really believe what we're teaching. And it's, it's a completely different world. They're teaching division. They're, they're teaching black and white. And, you know, if you choose this, you can't belong to this. And it's not love, which mm. is what I teach, you know. And I was actually going to ask you, because, you know, I really believe that things happen for us. And I, I, you know, as you were telling that story, it's the first time I've heard it, is that the immediate thing that came to mind was that that was a test. That was something that was meant to happen to either alter the way that you work in some way or to reinforce it. So which one was it? Totally to reinforce it. Well, first to test me to see if I if I really believe it and then to say go for it and you know we always talk about the number 444 and 444 because that's um I think that's your lucky number two Anna is it mine's seven, is it one of them? Mine's seven. oh okay yeah. okay um but you're sensitive to numbers as well and I've my fours always lead me and my locker number at this retreat was 44 and my pillow was 46 which is another number of mine but you know these things it kept me going and I, I do believe that it happened for me for sure. So what happened after the retreats and after you cried with Annie? <laughs> <laughs> well I went right away into offering sessions because well first of all I wasn't allowed to you know, do Reiki on myself during the retreat, which I was so craving to do. I felt like my body was in so much disease. Um, the first thing I did was do Reiki on myself. I, I mean, I had kind of the words of the teachers in my head saying like, don't do it, don't do it. You know, it's not compatible, but I just did it anyway. And I never felt like, I, I just felt like I came home right away. Then I went to offer Reiki to other teachers that night. And it was, it was a really powerful session, that first session I had with my client. And that just brought confidence right back. And then I realized also that, you know, I'm not doing this just to do it. I'm doing this because people see value in it. And also people realize that it's transforming the way that they are. And if I didn't kind of have that 
reassurance or if I didn't have that kind of feedback, then I would really be guessing what I'm doing. But if this helps you, if this helps people, then I'm going to keep doing it. And it's something that I always teach as well is for people who come to learn with me, I say, I'm teaching you a system. Please take what you feel makes sense to you. And please be a skeptic. Ask me what doesn't make sense because I want to teach you something that, that can be practical, that can be grounded in this lifetime, you know, that can help you transform in this lifetime. So, yeah, that's kind of how things all came around. And so when we were having our pre-recording chat, you said that a lot of your experiences have really helped you to question the system and think about how it fits into the modern day world and how it fits into the way that that life is now. So did you want to go into sharing maybe a little bit more about your unique take? So it comes when I, perhaps when I teach, um, I'm very clear again with how the system was taken from one man's experience And then it was shared to a handful of people who then eventually got to us. There's no personification of that system along the way. That's why they can call it Reiki. And that's why there's this umbrella of, or this lineage of Reiki. So I always integrate coaching into this because I believe that we all have our own answers. We all have our own ways to heal. So I always ask people, you know, or my students, how are you going to bring this into your life? Or how do you think this is helpful for you? Or if you take this emotion and you feel it, you know, in your heart, what are you going to do to move it? Or do you want to move it? First of all, what do you want to do with it? And I kind of let that guide everything because, you know, (laughs) this, Um, meditation retreat taught me that I I don't want to ever come across as somebody who tells anybody that this is wrong or that you can't do it this way, or it's not going to work. You're never going to reach consciousness if you, if you approach it this way. So I think I come from more of that side where I'm asking people what they feel is right for them. Of course I can see energy. Um, I'm an intuitive as well. But I've realized that giving people the answers the way that my grandfather did can sometimes evoke fear in people as well, even if the intention isn't there. You know, if you tell someone that you see something in them or if they keep doing this, then this will happen. It does bring a sense of anxiety, like mm. like fear. Do you get, do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean. And I can also actually speak from personal experience because I've worked with a couple of healers local to me, mm. you know, all incredible in their own rights. But one of the things I have experienced is that when you're told something and even in your heart, when you know that, that it's truth, sometimes you're also just not ready yet to change. And I had an experience uh, with a healer that I've seen local to me where (laughs) it's, it's like almost like coaching on steroids because you feel that (laughs) with that, and with that intuitive side, there, there's nowhere to hide. Like I know when I've worked with coaches before and I, I, I think I'm quite smart, so I'll try and 
dodge the bullets or try and yeah. um, manipulate. If I want to get out of something, I can manipulate the situation to get out of it. I'm just being really honest. But when you work with someone who is coaching and intuitive and works with energy, they just see straight into your soul and there is no wiggle room. And, but just because they confront you with your truth or you are confronted with your truth, doesn't mean you have to rush into action. And I've often felt that sometimes, you know, I haven't wanted to go back for another session because I feel like, and maybe this is something about me too. I feel like I haven't acted on that thing and they're just going to tell me that I'm wrong because I haven't acted on it yet. Whereas maybe what, what is more necessary is for us to be able to feel ourselves and to trust, okay, yes, this thing is here. I know it's big. I know I need to do something with it, but now is not the time and know the difference between procrastinating out of fear or just genuinely not being the time. So that's been my experience. And I feel that that resonates perhaps with what you've been expressing as well. Totally. And you said it, you know, if it's not your time and somebody tells you something before you're ready to hear it, it can actually be quite traumatizing in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like somebody comes into your space and sees all of you without that permission almost. And I feel like that's really common in the healer world. And it's actually a shadow that I had been fighting with because I do have this intuitive side and I see right through people and I I see truth, you know, kind of what's making more sense to me and was is more authentic to me is that you don't have to say it all the time. You don't have to, you know, be a know-it-all and call people out just to kind of show that you you have this extra eye, you know. Mm. Um, it's There's nothing, a little bit of ego help. involved maybe. Totally. Totally. And you, we forget that healers are humans, right? And I always remind my students that or anyone who comes for a session with me is that you're still working with a human who has their own stuff. You know, they have their own fears, they have their own ego to work with. And sometimes you end up working with someone like that. And that might be part of your journey. But really, that you're working with another human. And so one of the things that you wanted to share, I think, was a little bit about this idea of demystifying the system. So I think for a lot of people, I know the term woo-woo is thrown around a lot. And I know a lot of healers don't like the term woo-woo because it feels almost disrespectful to yeah. the practice. So Tell me a little bit more about this demystifying element because I think like some people are all up for magic and mysticism, but some people need to feel a little bit more grounded in, in the practices that they choose. So what's your take on it? So, okay, there is the woo-woo world of it where we can see things and we can see colors and um, we can connect with different dimensions, right? And that's definitely one side. It's not Reiki, okay? It's more... I guess, people who are sensitive to energy or who are open. And the thing is, I learned the hard way when I was so open and I, I first learned Reiki in the beginning was I wanted to heal everybody. I wanted to, I wanted to hold light. I wanted to, you know, it was really egotistical. Like I'm here to hold light for everyone. And you know, that resulted in a few psychic attacks where I was receiving so much 
energy and kind of um, this like leeching of my energy. And that was a really good learning for me to realize that I don't want to work in that realm. I want to work with humans in this 3D world because there's enough that we're dealing with as it is as humans. And I'm a human. I'm here in this physical body. So how can I use these skills that I've learned from the Reiki system to benefit all of us? And what all of us have in common is emotion, right? That's something that we can all relate to and talk about. And what emotion is, is energy in motion. And I'm sure you've heard of that and that you teach that as well. So we have, you know, the different energetic maps. We have the chakra system, we have the meridians, and in Reiki, we work with the chakras. So if you don't know anything about chakras, it doesn't matter, okay? Anyone can really channel this energy and they can place their hands on themselves. And that is as simple as it gets for grounding this practice. You don't have to get attuned or um, learn Reiki to have this self-care practice of hands-on healing as it is. So how you ground this practice is basically you feel out your body, you do a body scan of what each part actually feels like. Is there any tightness? Is there any tension? Is there any emotion? Is your breath short? You know, all these questions of um, just mindfulness and dropping into the body allows us to see what is really happening. And when we use the chakra as a map or the chakra system as a map, we can see what it might be that we're working with, right? So that's a very step-by-step way of looking at this. And of course, when we're working with humans, we can't stick to a system because we are so organic and, and everyone is different. So that's when we have to become our own healers and ask ourselves, what is this? Even though the chakra system says that the root chakra means you know safety, security, and all of that, but I'm actually feeling something else there. That's when the healing happens because you know, you're not basing it on anything else but your own experience, which is what I'm all about. So it sounds like what you really do is you empower people to make those connections with themselves and to facilitate the self-inquiry so that they can explore whatever is going on in their body and whatever might be underlying that whatever the the root I don't want to say root cause sounds a little bit too sciencey but whatever may be you know driving those feelings sensations whatever might be going on in the body and you help them to read the map of their own lives or their own own experience yeah and that's for people who come in kind of an entry level you know not really understanding the energetic world or just becoming more open to it and then Of course, I still teach Reiki as a system because I believe that there's something there. There are people who still want to come to learn so that they can bring it to others, right? And the question I get a lot is, am I am I channeling chi if I don't learn Reiki, if I don't get the attunements? And the question is, yes, of course. You can cultivate chi in so many ways. You can do pranayama, you can do tai chi, qigong, you know, yoga all these practices, being in nature, you're cultivating chi. So of course, that isn't, that isn't limited to 
learning Reiki or you don't have to learn Reiki to have that. But what Reiki does is it teaches you how to channel energy so that you can bring it into your hands and pass it on to the receiver who might not have the tools to channel it or cultivate it themselves. And when you learn Reiki, you also understand the boundaries, right, between me and you. You also understand the, um, the system. I guess it's the rules that keeps you safe and allows you to facilitate the healing and to help and to walk someone through their own healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is listening to this podcast and they're like, oh my gosh, Kat is just speaking my language. I need her in my life. And how do you work with your clients? What are some of the avenues that people can connect with you or work with you maybe from a coaching perspective or actually learning Reiki? How does all of that work? I work with people one-on-one, but I do do packages because I believe in the journey of transformation. So that's something that I'm offering for people who want to work directly with me. I'm also offering a masterclass experience, I guess, for people who are interested, who haven't learned Reiki, but definitely want to tap into their own emotions and start feeling. So that's a two-hour class that is accessible to anybody who wants to feel, right? And then if you want to learn with me, well, now, I mean, we're limited. We're currently recording in lockdown. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) We're in the times of COVID. But, um, you know, I travel a lot and I was supposed to be teaching in Europe right now. Yeah, I teach between Europe and Asia. So you'll have to, you have to keep posted on my website to see when I'll be teaching again. But for the meantime, I just believe that we shouldn't be limited to trainings or courses to heal. And that energy healing is for everybody, wherever you are. So maybe an entry level is that masterclass to just understand how your body's feeling, where the energy is and how to move it. Amazing. And we will get, I'll get links from you and we'll put those in the show notes so that everybody can find you in, in the way that they want. Was there anything else left unsaid? Anything that you wanted to share that we haven't already talked about? I wanted to ask you, Anna, what you were telling me. We were in Sri Lanka. We had a curry dinner, I think it was. And you were telling me about your Reiki experience. Do you want to share more about that and like how you learned Um, and maybe some spots that you felt were not answered or, yeah. Yeah, I think um, my experience of Reiki was very interesting because I think the first time I had it was with a friend of mine who was local and she had just done her master's and she just was looking to practice more and I, I went to her for a session and I would say at that point in time, I was kind of like, I don't really like to use the term spiritual awakening because I I kind of feel it's it's not this like flashing lights, whistling bells experience. Sometimes it's more of a gradual transition. And I would say I was probably more on the cusp of that transition at the time. So Mm -hmm. when I had this Reiki session, it was, it was just nice, but it it wasn't like mind blowing or I didn't really notice very much. 
And then I think about a year or two later, I end up, ended up um, connecting with Colleen, who's a, another Reiki master who we've interviewed episodes and episodes ago. I think it was within the first 10 episodes. And I did some distance healing with her. And so it wasn't a hands-on experience. It was a distance healing experience. But that whole week, I just cried. <laughs> I, was, I was just obviously releasing just a lot of stuck energy, stuck emotion, whatever you want to call it. And you know, if people have been listening to this podcast for a while, they'll know that I've had a lot of challenges with my energy. And at that point in time, I thought, oh, well, maybe this is something I could do for myself so that I can help myself just rebalance a little bit more. And so this is just a highlighting the type of person that I am. Had never met this woman in real life before, but decided I'm going to go stay with her for three days in South Africa and learn Reiki, which I did. And at that point in time, she said that Reiki one wouldn't be enough for me. She said, you need more, you need Reiki one and two. So I did my Reiki one and two attunements all in one go. And I know that you said that you find these things when you're ready. And in hindsight, I don't think I was ready, but maybe that's, that's just a judgment that I'm putting on myself and actually maybe everything unfolded exactly as it should have been. And the reason why I say I wasn't ready was because my life was still crazy at that point in time. And I was working so much, traveling so much, doing busy, just, yeah, I, I was like a, a headless chicken. And mm -hmm. so I feel that I didn't really have the time and space to practice and really connect with the attunements and with the learning. I think I never really built up my confidence in terms of practicing it. Like I don't, I don't really practice on anyone. I, I sometimes do a little bit on myself, but what you were saying is that, you know, you connect so much with this chi energy, with yoga, with meditation, with time in nature, with all those things. And those are definitely things that I am, are very much part of my life. So I've kind of feel like I've gone on this little bit of a journey with it and, and you can tell me rightly or wrongly, but I kind of believe that I have this energy inside of me. And when I work with clients, I'm using it. When I teach yoga classes, I'm using it. And maybe just because I'm not putting my hands on my body and going crown chakra, throat chakra, heart chakra, it's still there. It's still part of me. And it's part of the essence of my work that is not necessarily, you know, tangible. So that's been my journey. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, you know, Anna, you're really a sensitive human being and I think you are very in touch with yourself. So you naturally gravitate to things that work for you. Right. And, you know, you were saying, you know, crown chakra, throat chakra, that's kind of the Reiki system. And that works when we are offering to mm -hmm. others, if we're, if we're healing in that way, but for ourselves, we don't have to do that whole thing every day. You know, it's like when we do a yoga sequence, we, we do what feels right. Once we have that knowledge of it, right. What works for us. And also I hear this a lot from students who go through Reiki one and two is that they lose confidence in Reiki right after the course. And I tell them, well, that's normal that you lost confidence. Did you practice? Did you trust yourself? Did you keep going? And I compare this with learning how to make pasta on a weekend workshop, right? Like you can go to a cooking class to learn how to make pasta on a weekend and it might turn out perfectly with the chef there with you. 
And then the next day you go home and you try it and it, it's a mess. It doesn't turn out the way it did on the weekend. So that's the journey is that when you learn Reiki, you commit to that journey that every time you do Reiki in yourself is going to be different. And it's, it's not for everybody as well, which is totally fine, right? Like we always find our medicine and we choose our own medicine. You mentioned about at the very beginning, your grandfather and how he always used to tell you these things, but you didn't have the tools. And I think that's what it's about. It's about having this rich toolbox where in terms of self-care, because I know you're really big on self-care practices, is that, you know, I have, I know I could lie on the bed and I could give myself some Reiki. I also know I could go for a walk outside. I also know that um, sometimes it's yoga, sometimes it's chocolate and a movie, or, mm-hmm. you know, there's this abundant toolbox and it's, it's trusting ourselves to know which tool is going to be the most healing for us in the moment, depending on what our needs are, because, you know, we're always going through these different cycles of life. Completely and beautifully said. It's building that toolbox to know what you need in any moment of your life. Beautiful. Is there anything else you wanted to share, Kat? Or anything else you want to ask me? I wasn't expecting <laughs> to be asked questions. <laughs> I was always, that always stuck to me because I didn't know what to tell you or what to share with you at that at that dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's not anyone's job to convince you of anything. I was just curious of, um, you know, what, what worked and what didn't work for you. And it seems that, of course, there's so many ways to cultivate this life force energy. It's different for everybody. And we should all explore that, you know, and see what works for us. So, no, I, I don't think there's anything else. Is there anything else on your side? No, I think we've been through all of it and it's been so lovely having you on the podcast today. I've I've loved watching you speak and um, obviously I'm here with you on the screen and I can see you and I know you and yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful to have you here and I trust that the listeners will really feel like what an incredible person you are as they listen to this episode. And obviously if anybody is interested in reaching out and connecting further with you, then I hope that they do. Thank you so much, Anna, really for having me and for sharing all the work that you do with, with everybody. I'm, I'm, you know, I really respect the work that you do and, and who you are for a lot of women. So I'm really grateful for you to trust me and to have me here. So thank you. Oh, namaste. <laughs> namaste. <laughs> Keep it yogic. <laughs> and so thank you everyone for listening. We'll pop Kat's details in the show notes and see you again next time. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.